In our latest Vocal Voices podcast, our future voice, Rebecca Harlow, the net zero carbon proposition lead at Arcadus, is joined by Alan Cook, CBE. He shares the best advice he received throughout his life and gives examples of challenges he faced breaking into the American market. The Vocal team hopes you enjoy this podcast. Hi all, I'm Rebecca and I'm joined here with Alan today. So if I just dive into the first question I have for you, so what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, the very best piece of advice I've been given, Rebecca, was way back. Um, I, I think most people know my background. I started off my career as an apprentice. Um, I did um, vocational qualifications. And I got to a level when I was about 20, 21 of um, basically having completed all of my vocational qualifications. I was probably uh, one of the best qualified electricians in the Northeast, jokingly. But I mean, basically, I'd done all of the vocation. And I was uh, finished my last set of exams, and one of my um, lecturers came to me and said, what are you going to do now? Uh, and I said, well, I've got my qualifications. Um, I'm obviously going to carry on my career as an electrician. And he said, he gave me a piece of advice. He said, you should really consider what you're going to do with your qualifications. And I said, yeah, I agree with that. And he said, because actually you never, ever stop learning. You, you will always get to a point and you will know when you've got to that point where you've reached the level of your capabilities in terms of academical, uh, academics in terms of what you can do. And you haven't reached that now, you haven't reached it yet, and you should carry on and do it. And so I went from there and enrolled at a Polytech uh, and did a, an honours degree in electronics and control systems and moved on from there. And that I'm, I'm sure that that lecturer didn't realise what he'd done for me, but it was fantastic. It was just the single piece. And whenever anybody asks me about your one piece of advice, that is a piece that I recognise most of all because it gave me the springboard and the platform to build my career. Oh, I love it. It's such a good one because... If you're going to do five to ten jobs in your career as well, potentially, like, the opportunity to learn and the need to keep learning actually is, is massive. So yeah, Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, and, and he was right, absolutely right. I went on, um, I did a postgrad, um, I've done all sorts of things uh, on top of that. And even now, <laughs> obviously still learning. <laughs> I mean, academically, still learning. And it's fantastic. Oh, I love that one. So it's my second question. Um, I always think you should love what you do. Obviously, some days you love it slightly more than other days. But what job or kind of time at work have you most enjoyed doing what you've been doing? It's probably tried, but I've I've never ever um, got up in the morning and thought, oh, you know, have I got to go there? Have I got to do that? And I've been very. Uh, there are there have been times when I've enjoyed things less. But I guess if you really put my feet to the fire and say, okay, well, um, when I was appointed the chairman, I had great careers in executive roles with Cobham. It was fantastic as a CEO because you were running my business 10 years there and we did, it was a brilliant job. Atkins was a, a remarkable, we've, we've talked about Atkins. It's just an amazing um, company um, so, and as I was chairman there. But actually, being asked to become chairman of HS2, the biggest Europe, well, the biggest infrastructure program in Europe, I think from an engineering point of view, was probably the pinnacle. It was, it was just um, an amazing 
uh, accolade, um, and I got so much pleasure out of working with the people in um, people like in, in Arcadis and and other uh, companies that are working with with us in HS2 because we were doing something that I really really believed in passionately. So I think probably um, that was the most. Um, and when you think about it, it was. Uh, well, I was well into my 60s then, and, and it was something that I, I didn't really envisage when I was 20 and listening to what that lecturer said to <laughs> me. I just didn't think that I would be, be doing that. Yeah. And it was. And so you're being responsible, or the executive team, the executive team are responsible, but actually leading a board of directors that were really supporting and challenging um, the organisation and our partners to do what I think is really something pretty cool yeah. and something fundamentally important for the UK. Yeah. Amazing, wow. absolutely. What a way to leave a legacy. I know, so. I just, I, I can't believe how lucky I'd be. I really do. So we talked previously about a podcast that I've been listening to called How to Fail. And obviously the point of the podcast is that people talk about their failures and what they've learned from it. So I thought it was only fair <laughs> to add a question and could recreate that podcast something that may not have gone as successfully as you would have wanted to at the time and really kind of what learnings you've taken from that? Um, well, the, the one one thing that I think, I mean, everybody learns from failure. The people who say that they've never failed, I mean, obviously they haven't learned and, and that is very, very true. So I think you learn a lot from your failures. But the one that sticks in my mind was when I was CEO of Cobham, we were trying very hard to break into the American market. We already had business there, but we were probably suboptimal in aerospace and defence. And there was an organisation, um, and I won't say who it is, um, uh, it's no longer in existence, um, but it was an organisation which fitted really, really well with our strategy. The culture of the two companies were, was great. And I spent a lot of time in New York working with their um, CEO or president trying to pull together this deal. And we had the deal, and I flew back from New York to London with our advisors to seal off the deal. We were about to sign it, and I remember very clear, 11 o'clock in Stanhope Gate in London, 11 o'clock at night, receiving a call from the president to tell me that the deal that we had on the table, uh, he was not going to accept, despite a handshake, um, and he was going to go with another organisation, and it will be announced the following day. We had no time at all to uh, to do that. Um, it was, I remember at the time, we had a group of uh, people um, within the company and our advisors sitting in this room, and it was just so disheartening. I can't, I can't tell you, Rebecca, how how much it really hurt at the time because. I really, really thought that I'd spent a lot of time over in New York working with him, working through the organisation, uh, what role he was going to play, what role I was going to play, the two boards coming together. Um, and 11th hour, 59 minutes for him to actually turn around and say, sorry, you don't. Yeah. Really. And it was a, it was a failure on our part. I really honestly believe that we had the deal. Um, and we didn't. And that's that's disappointing. So as a feel, but from that uh, we picked ourselves up. Um, we developed our organisation more effectively. We grew um, organically rather than by acquisition. Although we did do a number of acquisitions, this one I think would have really sort of cemented our position in the USA, and we needed that at that time. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Yeah, sad. 
fab, but it happens, like you said, you yeah, can't learn we, if you're and, not. And we move on. We moved on. And we, I mean, what was amazing was you know, the people in our organisation picked themselves up, dusted them off, and said, okay, what do we do next? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, it's Good. a great, great example. So maybe a slightly larger question. So would you care to share with us something that people would be surprised to know about you? Um, well, I'm a big, big fan of music. I love music, all types, opera, um, classical, um, but I guess um, probably um, blues, rock, and I really, really enjoy music. And I think what most people who know me know that I, do. I love gigs, live gigs, and um, music is a big part of our lives. Um, and I've always wanted to play a musical instrument. Okay. And I've never. What would you play? I'd love to play keyboards. I'd love to play yeah. a piano. Um, and there's a guy who I worked with in Bay Systems who retired a couple of years ago. And he decided that he was going to take up the piano. And he's now going through the various stages and the various classes. And I meet, him, I meet up with him occasionally. And I said, what level are you up to, Bob? And he said, ah, this, I'm this, dude. And it's uh, really, he's, he's completely retired. And he spends his time practicing and developing a skill on the keyboards and on the piano. And I'd love to be able to do Well, that. maybe linking back to the first question then, keep learning. That could, it could <laughs> be the next, is, next all on the list. It is. It's, <laughs> it's something that I would love to be able to do. Oh, brilliant. Love to be able to do. Yeah. So my last question, and again, it's something we've touched on upon, and I think it's also kind of core to the whole vocal concept, actually, is kind of multi-generational learning and kind of being able to understand where we have opportunities to learn from each other, um, how we may differ, and kind of how we put that differentiation into good use, really, kind of going forward. So what, what's your take on what you think different generations can learn from each other in a kind of business and leadership context? Um, there's, there's so many things that we can share um, and that, yeah, that, that I can learn from you um, and I, and one, of the, one of the great things about a vocal, and one of the great things um, about the opportunity to work with, with you and your generation is that, you know, that I continue to learn. Um, and one of the things that uh, Jürgen and Paul and others are trying to do is to share some of those experiences. Um, so I think... You know, we've we've had and we've explained this. We've had lots of failures. There are things that we we probably wish we'd done better than what we what we could have done, what we should have done. Um, I think we could have done more about diversity and inclusion at the early stages of my career. Um, it was probably not as important as it needed to be. We've made big strides now in engineering, in particular. Um, but it's it's not enough. Um, so there's there's things that we should be learning together um, about how we make that improvement. Um, and it's not just about gender, it's about sexuality, it's about ethnic minorities, disability uh, comes into it. So the whole area of, you know, we have a major shortage of skilled talent um, within, not only within engineering, but right away, project management, yeah. procurement, commercial, yeah. finance. And we've got to start looking at ways that we can actually help ourselves to make the best use that we can of the talent that is available. Um, and we don't do that effectively enough. So I think that we can pass on some of those learnings, the fact that we haven't done as much and we need to do more 
And we need to get back to what you and I were talking about earlier, and that is actually not just being more bold about it, being bold about and, and actually following through in some of the things we need to do. Um, but there's so many things that, that we can learn from each other, various generations. This is a generation a challenge that we have uh, to bring people forward, to help the, you, you and the people who you work with are going to be the next generation of leaders. And that fills me with a great deal of satisfaction because there are people there that I see regularly who have just got so much talent, so much enthusiasm, so much optimism that we can't fail. And I'm thinking about my four grandsons. I've got four grandsons and um, I look at what, you know, the, their environment that they're going to grow up into um, and I'm encouraged by what I see. I'm disappointed, obviously, by a lot of things that's happening. But I'm also encouraged yeah. um, about being optimistic about the future. We've got, you know, this is a great country. We've got great talent. Um, and I, I just think we just need to learn uh, from each other. Lots and lots of things that we can do. Learn from our failures. Celebrate our successes, of which there are many, many things that we do really, really well. Um, and just move on and be bold. I, I really like what you said. You know, let's, let's be bold. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I think there's something about the power of springboarding off the previous generation of leadership and genuinely using that platform with that kind of fresh energy yeah. and, and ideas to kind of take it to the next level. And I think it would be the height of hubris to ever kind of start again on a lot of things. I think it's about bucketing up and collecting and using it to genuinely then propel to the next yeah. bit. And every generation will have generations in the future looking back and be like well why did you do it that way and that but that's good and that's progress yeah. but I think it's kind of capturing the moment you have and being mindful of it yeah. and doing doing your best with a bit of the baton you have so yeah I, I mean learn from history I mean you've got to learn from history history is a fantastic topic but learn from but look to the future yeah and it's like maybe I've been watching too much Commonwealth Games but it that that <laughs> relay race of before you can run your stint, you need to collect the baton of someone else and you need to get ready to pass yeah. it to someone else and your bit will be 10 seconds. And actually, yeah, if you fumble your passes, yeah. that's that's where you potentially have the opportunity no, I think, to, to I think it. with Forkel and doing what we're trying to do to actually energise the talent that we've got, some of the younger generation and the next generation of leadership or the next generation to actually you know, um, really help us to grow effectively. Um, it's, I think uh, it's, a, it's a really, really great thing. And, um, well, and I see it all the time. And that's encouraging, yeah. really encouraging. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for answering all of my questions. I hope none of them were too hard. Uh, maybe next time we'll throw in a few more careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be, you've got to be kind. You've got to be kind. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Lovely.